Our scripture reading this morning is from Luke 2, 8 through 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto, for unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there, were, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host pra- praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And earth and on earth peace among those whom with who is who he is pleased. Let's pray together before we look into God's word together. Father, please help us to receive your word fully down into the depths of our hearts and our souls. And Lord, I ask specifically that as we look into your word together and our minds are transformed and renewed. And as we behold Jesus Christ and look at him and renew our faith in him, that you would secure for us and establish in us joy. Real, lasting, true, resilient joy. True joy In your son, Jesus. We look to you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So when the angel spoke to the shepherds, they must have been afraid. I would have been afraid probably if I saw an angel. And in verse 10, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. I bring you good news of great joy, joy that will be for all the people. Now, in the Christmas season, as I'm sure you've noticed, many things promise joy. Packaging and advertisements and marketing all promise us joy. If you drink this coffee, you will experience joy. If you get this, the right holiday flavor creamer, you will experience Christmas joy. If you buy your kids these fuzzy Christmas pajamas, they will experience Christmas joy. Our traditions promise Christmas joy. And we think as we look ahead that, you know, when we start decorating, when we start turning on the Christmas music, when we start um, watching the Christmas specials on television, Christmas joy is going to come. We have an expectation that there will be joy at Christmas. Now, some of you are Scrooges and you don't really like Christmas. I know it's rare, but I know there are some among us. I know one in particular that is among us right now. I'm not going to call any names. Christmas isn't particularly any more joyful than other times of the year for those strange people. Um, For some of you, it's hit or miss whether you experience Christmas joy or not. Uh, depends on what's going on in your life at any particular year. You might be able to look back over photo albums and see some years were particularly great and joyful. Maybe the years when the kids were really small and really excited. And maybe other years you had things going on in your life and it just really wasn't very joyful. Perhaps you had recently lost a loved one, as I know some among us are in that situation. And this is the first Christmas season without them. 
And so that joy is a little bit compromised by grief. That certainly happens. Uh, Sometimes Christmas joy can seem like a mirage. You know, in the movies, people out in the desert, and they're thirsty, and they see this mirage of like an oasis and palm trees on the horizon, and they walk toward it, and then when they get there and they realize there's nothing there. Sometimes Christmas joy can be like that. October, November, you look ahead on the horizon, and there's Christmas joy over there. And so you start to move toward it. You're tired, you're from work and everything. You start to move toward it by turning on the Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Or if you go to Costco, you see the Christmas decoration is out before Halloween almost. And you anticipate this joy, then you get there. And now it's Sunday before Christmas is here. I've been so busy and so stressed out, I haven't had any Christmas joy yet. And there's not much time left. And next thing you know, it's going to be Christmas Eve. And we've already had one family get together and it's passed. And I've got to have Christmas joy. And next thing you know, it's, it's past you and you're going back to work. I know you're thinking, this is the most depressing Christmas sermon ever. (laughs) Well, I see it as my job this morning to proclaim to you the same thing the angels proclaimed to the shepherds. Good news of great joy. Good news of great joy, real, lasting, resilient joy that even the Scrooges among us can embrace. That, That even if it is a Christmas season that might be hard, For certain reasons, maybe there's family situations or financial situations. Maybe if it has been a particularly stressful Christmas season, I have good news for each and every one of you, and it is good news of great joy. Why is the birth of Jesus Christ good news of great joy? I want to make sure we think about Jesus this Christmas. It's easy as American Christians to go through the season and not think about Jesus. So let's think about it. Why is it good news that Jesus was born? Why does it matter? And why does it promise joy? Jesus' birth did not secure for us an annual holiday in which we get the presents that we want. Okay, it's not good news of great joy because you're going to get that puppy. And it's not good news of great joy because you're going to get to enjoy the Christmas specials on TV and you only get to see them once a year. And it's not good news of great joy because your family get-togethers are all going to go really smoothly and they're going to be great holiday, holiday memories. Hopefully all that will happen. I hope all you kids, except for the Broadway kids, get lots of puppies. I hope you get dozens of puppies. And our kids will come visit your house and enjoy your puppies. I hope that you do enjoy the Christmas specials on TV, and I hope that your family get-togethers are really, really great. But that's not the reason that Jesus' birth is such good news. There's a very specific reason, one singular reason, and it's in verse 11. The angel explains. She says, he says back in verse 10, I bring you good news of great joy... That will be for all the people for or because unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior. The reason Jesus's birth is good news of great joy is because he is the savior. Our savior came, our deliverer came and was born. That's why it's good news. 
Now, some of you, maybe the children in particular, might be thinking, that sounds like something I should be excited about, but honestly, I'd rather have the puppy. And I can understand that, especially as a kid. I've probably felt that way. But I want you to think about God for a minute. God is the best gift giver in all of reality. Now, some of you have been shopping and getting gifts. Some of you still, maybe if you're really crazy, still need to get gifts and you haven't done it yet. Some of you are better at giving gifts than others. I think I've grown as a gift giver. I think I've improved from our first Christmas when Meredith will tell you I did not do well. I got her, um, it looked as though I was trying to domesticate her. I got her an apron and a cookbook. And the cookbook was weird. It had weird measurements. It was like European or something. It was totally useless. But I've gotten better. I've gotten much better. Oh, yeah, and some really ugly pajamas. So I did forget about the pajamas. Yeah, I, I'm getting better as a gift giver, and it takes um, thoughtfulness. It takes thoughtfulness to get to know what is the real need and what is the real desire uh, in the person that you want to bless with a gift. And I know you've been going through this process as you're preparing for Christmas. You need to know and remember that God is the best at this. He is the very best at this. And he knows your heart better than you do. And he knows your real, true, deepest needs better than you do. And he knows your real, true, deepest desires better than you do. And he gave the most lavish and expensive and extravagant and thoughtful gift of all human history when he gave his son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's good news of great joy because of what Doug read after he lit the candles in John 3.16, the most famous verse in all the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In giving us his son, Jesus Christ, he gave us salvation. In giving us salvation, he gave us eternal life. And in essence, he gave us himself. You know, Jesus saving us from our sins doesn't just mean you can be forgiven so that you can enjoy your life on your own a little bit better. And it doesn't just mean you're not going to go to hell when you die. Jesus forgiving your sins means that you get to be reconciled with God. You get to have a relationship with God himself. You don't have to go through life alone. You don't have to face fears alone. You don't have to figure things out by yourself. You can set your sights on something much higher than the things of this life and this world, which are so brief and so temporary. You are now connected with the eternal, glorious creator of all things, God himself. This is good news of great joy. Don't miss this joy with a capital J for all the little, little joys that come and go this time of year. In essence, God giving us a savior was God giving us himself. Now think of a father, think of a father who, who purchased for his children at Christmas the puppy that the kids want so bad. And it's a great puppy. It's got a red bow on its head, just like you'd see in a commercial for puppies. 
And the kids are excited about that puppy. But imagine that that father wanted nothing to do with the kids. Imagine a father that works 24-7, doesn't even bother to come home, and just ships a puppy to him on Christmas morning. So the kid opens up that puppy. There's some happiness there, but it cannot cover the deep ache of having a father that wants nothing to do with them. See, God doesn't just give you a puppy. He might give you a puppy, but he gives you himself. He doesn't just want you to be happy this Christmas. He wants you to be happy by his side. He wants you drawn near to him. And so he gave his son a savior. He loved the world so much. He loves you so much that he gave you a savior so that he could have a relationship with you, so that you could have a relationship with him. This is good news of great joy. We get to live our lives with just a continual outpouring of God's fatherly love and grace and mercy and forgiveness and provision and wisdom because he gave us his son as a savior. So I want you to hear good news of great joy this morning. And I want you to celebrate Christmas with this good news of great joy ringing in your ears and in your heart and in your soul. I want you to have joy that is resilient in Jesus Christ, that's deeper than the trappings of Christmas, American cultural Christmas celebration. I want you to have joy so that when you're old, which I know is a long way off for everybody in this room, but one day we'll all get old, Lord willing, and our bodies will hurt. It'll be hard to stand up straight. (laughs) Eventually we'll come to a Christmas and we'll be sitting there and we'll see all of our family around us, the kids, maybe the great-grandkids, Uh, maybe great-great-grandkids, and we'll think, you know, this could be my last Christmas. I want you to have a joy so deep, so resilient, that on that Christmas, you are just overflowing with joy. Because you know in Jesus Christ, you have eternal life, that you have hope beyond just this. I want you to have joy that is strong enough So that when you face a Christmas and your family's in turmoil and the family get-togethers are unpleasant or perhaps painful, there's wayward children or wayward grandchildren or marital distress, I want you to have joy that is so real that you can enter that Christmas with joy in your heart because you know in Jesus Christ there is hope for even the vilest sinner So even whoever maybe it might be in your family that's causing all this turmoil, there's hope for them in Jesus Christ. So that you know you have received such grace from Jesus Christ that you have an overabundance to just forgive the people who are causing the trouble rather than hanging on to bitterness through this season. I want you to have joy sufficient that even if your own sin taints your Christmas. You know where to go to be forgiven and cleansed and made new, washed clean, made perfectly innocent, so that you have no longer any guilt, any sense of condemnation, any sense of shame, so that you can worship Jesus Christ and love the people around you 
fully clean, fully clear. That is found in Jesus Christ alone. I want you to know that you are in Jesus Christ. And so you know that these promises that you see all through the Bible are for you. That since he gave his son for you, there is no good thing he would withhold from you. That he works all things together for your good. I want to encourage you to believe in Jesus Christ this Christmas. I want you to sink your belief deeply into Jesus Christ this Christmas. And experience joy. Real, true, deep, lasting, resilient joy this Christmas in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, please help us, each one of us, from wherever we stand in relation to your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to more fully trust in him for our salvation, for the forgiveness of our sins, for reconciliation with you to make things right between us, to be our Lord so that we can trust and follow him. Lord, let each person in here enjoy the benefits of having been saved. May each person in here enjoy being your son through Jesus Christ. Enjoy your fatherhood. Enjoy your love, your forgiveness, grace, mercy, provision, wisdom. Let this be the most joyful Christmas we have ever experienced, regardless of our personal life situations, but because we trust in Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.